This is Jeff Cobb. You're listening to WPOV Global. Hey, folks, welcome to another edition of WPOV Global. I'm your host, the legend T. James Logan. With me, the gentleman himself, Elio Von Eric, as I like to call him, the Lance Von Eric of the, of the POV world. So what's going on? And joining us, the, the Lone Wolf. POV world, not just wrestling. the POV world, because that's pretty broad. No, he's, he's definitely a Lance Von Eric of the whole POV world. Whoa. <laughs> no anger here. Uh, and, of course, our better uh, co-host, not so traitorous, the Lone Wolf, Andrew anderson today andrew no, welcome no. to the show there, there, is, <laughs> there, there is an andrew anderson out there so i'm, I'm getting confused to be getting uh have you said gentleman from uh, the east coast with uh dyed blonde hair and a beard so that would be andrew anderson ah, is that elio's grandpa <laughs> <laughs> it could be, it could be his uncle could be his uncle <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, folks, uh, guys, uh, how you guys doing? You know, we're starting the new year, uh, Elio. Uh, are you starting the new year good without treacherously turning on any of your co-hosts or <laughs> any of that nonsense you were doing last year? I don't know what you're talking about, but yeah, I'm still off great with this new year. Okay. Andy? Eh, you know what? The, the number might change, but to me, things just still seem the same. Still chugging along, eh? Yeah. Well, you know what? We have a whole new... Uh, a whole new era of wrestling, and folks, this is where we uh, now. Elio, obviously, we've been uh, we've been doing our report cards, and it fell apart this year. Our, you know, with COVID yeah. and all the way things went around, and and then all of a sudden there was no other show that we could go up at all with AEW. So we kind of threw the report card out the window this year. Um, however, we're going to try and take a crack at it. We're going to start this week. We do that when Wrestle Kingdom ends. We start the new year. We're going to start it off. But we're going to start it next week. And if we don't have enough shows to weigh in on this, we're just going to drop it again. If this COVID just keeps killing shows, uh, if AEW and NXT UK are the only two shows running, it's hardly fair to, to do this. Well, wait, right? and MLW's back. And MLW, I suppose. Yeah. What's that? No, I said MLW's back. Yeah, that is true. So we're, uh, me and Elliot will start watching a few of those other shows and uh, we'll try and see if we can at least make some sense of, uh, of what, what show is doing better. And uh, one of the things I want to quickly, before we go into our topics of the shows, is I did read some stuff about uh, the success of AEW for the last year. And has it made strides? Has it made things? And this is strictly talking off of television numbers. All right. And so there are people, of course, uh, smarter than people than me, who uh, track every week the amount of viewers for the entire year and then divide it between the things, you know, and, and, and give a base number versus how much uh, the beginning was before they're down. And it does look like there is a slight dip, actually, in the amount of numbers of people watching this year since the beginning of when the show started. So first year in the th books and a tremendous year overall. I mean, come on. Did anyone think two years ago a show would be in this position? Probably not. However, a little bit, a little bit disconcerting that a bit of average drop in the things. And uh, I know we've talked about this a lot. We've talked about AEW versus NXT. And uh, it's pretty... <laughs> 
it's a tough thing to look at because um, it pretty much seems the people who watch the shows are watching both shows, really. Yeah. And and we can't really call it a war in this day and age. I mean, I, back when there was like WWE versus WCW, you kind of had it only one choice, right? You could watch one. Maybe if you had your VCR, you could record and watch later. But today's, you can watch both shows at the same time. You can stream one right after the other. And so I think it's a really hard measure to put them face to face with each other number wise. It, it just well, seems like a hard thing. And even so, like for us up in Canada, we don't even get NXT on the same night. Exactly. Unless you're using a pirated site, if you're paying uh, the regular things, you're, you're in Canada, we don't get it until the yeah. next night. So it's a really hard thing to track. And uh, and like I, I really am of the opinion, like some people think, oh, well, if they move to different nights, would it make a difference, right? And I don't think it really would make a difference if these shows, I still think the same amount of people would watch the same amount of things. And I think uh, most people... There's not a lot of, like, we talk about AEW fanboys, and I think they represent maybe that extra number above the of the uh, NXT crowd, because I believe most of those solid numbers of NXT viewers also watch AEW. And I believe all those vocal fanboys basically represent maybe 200,000, 150,000 yeah. who uh, push it over. You know what I mean? So... Uh, it'll be interesting t- this year. I'm, I'm really wondering if at the, the beginning of next year, if we're going to be sitting here talking and, and find out, you know, like, because numbers don't lie, you know, uh, those would be the hard things. What is the numbers going to look like this year? Pretty solid year, but not spectacular. Yeah. So uh, they still have one more year in their deal. So, you know, if they start pulling off some bigger numbers, maybe they can re- renegotiate for bigger stuff. Right. And uh that also makes you wonder, though, like, look at the position the WWE is in. I mean, they have this, like, five-year contract. It's worth, like, a billion dollars a year. But the numbers of Raw and SmackDown are nowhere what those people are paying for a billion dollars a year. Yeah. And you got to figure in five years, if that kind of rate, there's no way in hell those companies are going to turn around and say, oh, yeah, we'll give you another $5 billion for five years. Not going to happen, you know? And you got to wonder if next year, will it make a difference? it seems like television is more and more on the way out, like regular run television. You know, uh, me and Andy have talked many times amongst each other how we rarely even watch our television. We watch uh, the streaming services. We watch the things that, you know, are, let's face it, cable right now kind of sucks. You know, I was saying to my wife, I forgot how to turn, I, the, only ma- the only show that I watch on my cable television, guys, I swear to God, the only show I watch on my cable television is AEW. Okay. And when it comes on the once a week and I check my PVR, I can't even really remember how to use my PVR anymore <laughs> because, you know, I, I don't use it for anything else. Right. And then, you know, the, the death in the, co- the, the coffin, or was it the nail, the nail in, the in the coffin? Nail in the coffin came today or it came yesterday when my wife said to me that uh, there was another streaming service coming out that would carry HGTV. Uh, TLC and all the stuff that she's only watching on cable is the only reason we have the cable. And she said, yeah, I'm ready to cut it now. We get that streaming thing. I don't care about cable anymore. Wow. You know, that'll be so much cheaper to pay like I 10 bucks a month for that. I think called Stack. Is that what, you, is that what it, it is? Is that the one? It might be. Uh, I don't know. It, it could be. I heard of one that a new one called Stack. Stacked? Might be Stacked. Mm-hmm. Oh, Discovery. Sorry. She just oh, yelled out. It's okay, called Discovery. Discovery. Okay. That is not nowhere close to stacked. 
Yeah. That, well, I think most people who talk to me pretty much key in after about five minutes that I'm not listening to anything anyone's saying, and I'm usually thinking about myself. So I just nod and agree quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, I do the same thing. Sorry. Oh, Especially yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Who the hell is that guy? Who's the bald dude? Anyway, let's go. <laughs> He's wearing the toque even. <laughs> Here's the bald guy asking who the bald dude is. Okay. <laughs> Let's start off with our uh, hot topic of the week. All right. Elio, what was the hot topic of the week? So the hot topic of the week was, should the Dark Order find a new leader, yes or no? Should the Dark Order find a new leader, yes or no? I'm going to throw it out to Andy Anderson first. Andy, how are you feeling about this topic? Should the Dark Order find a new leader, and should they not, and why? Should the Dark Order find a new leader? We touched on this a little bit last week with the Brody Lee tribute show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe I said I was kind of open to kind of either way because, you know, it seemed like they kind of had a, not a clean slate, but it's, you know, like, like an open, uh, like an open page. Mm-hmm. Um, if they were going to pick somebody new, I, I think those would probably literally and figuratively be some big shoes to fill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would be okay, and I think I said this last week as well, if it was more just along the lines of like Evil Uno was kind of the the top dog, the ringleader. I would still be worship and still worship Brody from afar. Was that whether, what you whether, well, I, I think you kind of threw that out there to me. It, you know, it was nice out of respect if they did that. I, I don't mm-hmm. need, and with all due respect, no, I, no, it's not it's like just... I need. I yeah, I don't need them like you know to all hail Brody or, or have some yeah. sort of exalted one like that. Uh, but just. You know, they just have the dark order and they're just uh, the cultish group and mm-hmm. they they try and recruit and they've got their their characters and mm-hmm. I think that could still be entertaining. Okay. Elio, what do you think? Yeah, um, I, I'd be fine with the new leader. I, uh, I was thinking along the lines of Eric Rowan, which uh, we... We don't know if uh, he's gonna if he signed or if that's just a one-off deal. But um, mm-hmm. either way, uh, I I don't think there should be though. I think uh, uh, Evil Uno could just uh, lead everything the way he was doing before they they had the exalted one. Okay, um, I think if that if this group is to continue, I think one yes they need a new they need a leader. I'm not even saying new leader. They need a leader. Yes, um, that's evident. Um, however, you know, I kept what you know all the year. We've been kind of complaining about how new order, or how the, the how they've been uh, how they've been portrayed. You know, the dark order has been portrayed as kind of weak, kind of you know. They had some times where they get some pushes and then get devalued a lot. And I realized something, especially when I went back and watched a bunch of uh, of uh, being the elite where their, their presentation of the Dark Order. And as I'm watching it, it's so funny and, and really gives a much rounded look at these guys and actually not just the goofy parts, but some interesting looks at them that I'm like, this is a failure on AEW's part not to show us this stuff or some of this stuff or even just a bit of this stuff. Um, in the beginning, the Dark Order was treated as, oh, check out these guys. They almost started with a creepy vibe and then they just became a sad joke for a very long time. And then the exalted one came along and we were all excited, but then it seemed like even there wasn't a lot of focus for this group. Like 
here's a great example. Andy, if I was to say to you, what is the point of the dark order? It's pretty freaking ambiguous, isn't it? Could you tell me what the real point of what they're trying to do? No, no. <laughs> they are so ambiguous of what they're about. You know, in the beginning, it seemed like they were some kind of cult. Yeah. Then it seemed like they were just some guys backing uh, Brody Lee. Then it just seemed like they were a comedy group. And so it's like, but what is the point of these guys? <laughs> they have yet to show us why any of these guys want to be in this group. And that's a problem. And that problem rests in AEW. AEW should at least be giving us some kind of reason that these guys want to waste time and call themselves a group. It's not because they're winning, because they sure in the hell aren't winning very much. So what is the point of this group? Um, but yeah, um, I'm going to, like I said, uh, this, is a, this is a topic we have been talking about. I think the only way this group survives is if there's a leader and that there's some kind of direction. If they want to be comedy guys, they want to go with John Silver and these guys being funny guys, do it. Make them the wacky guys. Maybe that's their, the, they're in a cult because they're just, they don't fit along with other wrestlers, yeah. right? Or, but give us a reason why these dudes are hanging out. You know, it makes no sense. I mean, you take a look at like Grayson versus, uh, and hold him up next to John Silver. And it's like, why would these two even be in the same locker room? the way they portray themselves and they're we're supposed to believe they're part of a tight-knit group yeah, yeah. really hard to buy that so i'm not sure what to think what did the fans weigh in on this elio so we had um 60 saying no there shouldn't be a new leader while 40 percent went with yes okay so 60 percent said uh no that that interests me so i'm wondering why they feel that way do they feel like uh, it should still be a tributary towards Brody Lee. Uh, do they feel, are people giving up on the, the new order? Which wouldn't surprise me. I'm sorry, but I mean, uh, it's not like they've been portrayed as that interesting of a group as a whole. You know, if anything, they were treated as sort of like the baggage that Brody Lee carried along. So uh, well, we, well, we have a couple I'm, of comments on the page. Oh, well, read them out. I want to hear why people are thinking Let's this. Let's go to the comments. So, from Rick Reynolds III. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Who? <laughs> he says, recently off of his ROH contract, I see only one man, Bird, enough to lead the Dark Order. All due respect to Rowan, but he can't cut a promo where Marty Skrull can. Well, so he wants Marty Skrull put in there. Well, no, is there still issue? Is there still issue with him though, because of the speaking yeah. out thing? Though? Yeah, so, yeah, he, yeah. I mean, that's a dead point. He, he, that's why ROH has pretty much let him go, right? Yeah. Well, Josh Sanders says yes. This guy posted a GIF of Eric Rowan. <laughs> you know what? Rick Serrano the Third is usually drinking some bad Kool Aid, but I'm going to have to agree with him. Eric Rowan had the just even shittier promos than Brody Lee had, who didn't have the greatest promos to begin with. So. I don't think having him as a focal. I, first yeah, of no. all, has he? Okay, I want you guys to think for a sec. Think back, even back to the the Bryant, the Bryant, the, the Wyatt family days, right? Could you look at Rowan and see him as a leader of anything? No, no, he's never been betrayed like that. He is definitely betrayed as the big dummy dude following along whoever, right? Um, at least Brody Lee even had bits. Of, there was parts of him where you could see, like, okay, yeah, this guy could break out on his own. He could be, you know, a big, a bit more. Um, but I never got that from Eric Rowan. Thought he was always a good competitor, a very big man, but sort of like uh, 
watching um, uh, Doc Gallows. Like, who would ever think Doc Gallows would never lead anything in the Bullet Club? He, he's just the big dumb guy that relies, you know, he's, he knows he's the meat. You know, he knows he's the dude. It's like Jake Hager. Jake Hager ain't going to be leading no, uh, you know, Jericho's group. Or, yeah, yeah. He's, the, he's the tough guy. And I really don't think Eric Rowan. I think that's a poor, poor idea, guys. That would just, you might as well give it to anybody then. You know, let Grayson lead it. He does. He he have, probably has more promo skills than than what's his name. I don't think I've ever heard Grayson speak. <laughs> <laughs> and the last comment is from Les Boyd. He says, "How about we give Evil Uno a shot instead of immediately trying to bring someone else in?" I like it. I like it. Uh, the only thing there is the stink of from before because you guys remember when Evil Uno seemed to be the leader in the beginning. Yep. Yeah. And back then, Evil Uno was a lot heavier. And people just were like, no, look at this slobby dude. We're supposed to believe this guy's a main event, you know? And it's too bad because now Evil Uno was kind of really, you could look at him now and say, well, this dude could be, right? Yeah. But how do you get out the stink? We've learned in wrestling, when a stink gets on you, it's pretty hard to wash that stink off. People have a hard time changing perceptions when you've been perceived as something and not as something that's been given to you, but that the fans have organically made, you know? So, ah. Uh, I still I, hope they give him a chance, though. I, I'd, I'd like to see it. Uh, to me, you mm-hmm. know, you talk about the stink, and, and I think we're going to touch on this in a little while and some other areas. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, it, it can, to me, like, it, you know, it, it can, you can get past it. You can. And I'd like to think that, at least with AEW, uh, just because it is, you know, it's only been a year. Like it's a short history. Mm-hmm. So it's not like this was something that oh, for years, Evil Uno's been like this or like this. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, it was just a short period in, in the beginning. So, yeah. eh, I, it's, you know, I, I, to me, that just seems more, uh, more of a natural fit than, mm-hmm. you know, that someone that's already been there. It was kind of already partially viewed as potentially the leader mm-hmm. versus trying to bring so because like, like we said anybody that they try to bring in to be the new leader especially soon mm-hmm. they're going to get the comparisons right away to Brody, Brody Lee yeah yeah so you know I, I think if he just even if there's something where maybe he tries to assume power maybe it doesn't go well maybe that's part of the struggle maybe that's the story mm-hmm. maybe that works out better than just kind of somebody you know being the new leader mm-hmm. and you're right about the the sting thing is here's the thing is it wasn't that long of a thing. Sure, there's a small stink on there now, but this is all up to AEW. I mean, AEW could just present Uno in a way that's going to make him look like a leader. They do that. The guy has proven. See, that doesn't, it only works if Uno had the big stink on him and they gave him a chance and he couldn't live up to the new expectations, then it doesn't work. Yeah. But we've seen that Evil Uno can lead up to the expectations. Yes. So give him the shine. Put him out there. Let him uh, flex his muscle and make him present him like he means something. And he has the chops, I think, to carry that off. Although they might want to update his uniform slightly. He still feels a little low rent with the mask right now. <laughs> All right. So, um Interesting. All right. Let, let's quickly delve into it. You know what? And I'm going to say quickly because this year the pandemic has turned this around. Uh, one of the most beloved things uh, that me and Elio look forward to every year is Wrestle Kingdom. And in this era of COVID, boy, it, uh, 
it didn't really feel like a Wrestle Kingdom unless you want to take the take into account that each ring entrance took like four minutes because they had to walk so damn far to get to the ring and yada yada. But I don't, and what was the, okay? Did you see the opening, Elio, with the crazy ass dude with the hair, with the, the massive afro? Oh, yeah, the Don King. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is where, okay, you know, it's nice to have English commentators, but it sure would have been nice if somebody told us what the hell was going on during these parts. Is that it just shut it up? I think it's I was, I was yeah. like, who, who is this guy? I don't know who he was supposed to bring. Was he, you know, I didn't even think like Don, Don King. King. Yeah. Was he supposed to look like Don King or something like that? I have no idea. I that's no what I saw the picture of. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy though, wasn't it? <laughs> oh man. So you know what? Um, one of the sad things about this is I don't, I thought I would like them breaking it up into two nights. This is the second year they did this, but it really kind of hurts. Uh, it, it hurts the, the, the aura of it. You know, yeah. now Wrestle Kingdom is just two cards back to back. It's not a giant special event. And I get like people have always talked about, oh, we should break up WrestleMania so that it's not so damn long, right? But now I see if they do that, uh, it just sort of takes away that feeling of this is a special moment, you know, in my mind. I don't know if you guys agree with that. Well, it's, it's not like, you know, it, it's, it's and because the comparisons are often made to the Super Bowl. Well, mm -hmm. the Super Bowl doesn't get split up into two nights. That's right. You know, you don't play half the game one night and you'll play the second <laughs> half the next night. <laughs> exactly exactly it, it takes away the aura of it yep. so this week too uh we talked about stuff going in and then geez you would think the way they set it up is you have a in this two night things in any kind of two night cards the first night should be exciting and set up some of the bigger things to happen the second night and instead we got a pretty sharp decline in ticket sales between day one and day two with yeah. over so like over 5,000 fans less on the second night. And, and I, don't, I have the exact numbers. Go right ahead. So night one had 12,689 in attendance. Mm -hmm. While night two had 7,801. Yeah, that's pretty close to 5,000 person drop. And that's almost 50%. That's a good 40% drop yeah. in, in uh, attendance. And that that's shocking and a little bit scary, I would think. Uh, what I wish I knew is we don't have it yet available to us, and maybe we'll try and see if we can find it for the next show, is I'd be very curious of the uh, the buy-ins for this. How many people actually watched it without pirating? I mean, last year it was one of the most pirated cards in uh, wrestling <laughs> history. You, you know, everybody, it seemed, it seemed like twice as many people pirated than actually paid for it. I'm curious, though, how many people actually watched this? And uh, that'll give us an indication of, is the COVID really killing New Japan? Because... You know, it's hard to tell. The WWE had its best year ever with the least amount of shows and the least amount of anything, yeah. and they had their best year. Maybe it's the same for New Japan. Who knows, you know? Um, I'm going to say the first night, uh, there was a few interesting things. Um, in my mind, I just want to quickly point out a few things that I thought were interesting. Uh, I really hate the... What the hell do you keep calling it? The Rambo? Is that what you yeah, call it? Yeah, that's what we call the Rambo. A stupid ass name. <laughs> stupid ass name. Okay. Sorry, the, the Rambo event, which is like a 22. Okay. I love the Royal Rumble. Okay. Yep. But guys, if we were watching the Royal Rumble and then they told us, well, you know what? The Royal Rumble ends when the last four guys are there and then those guys will fight <laughs> those, the next night on Raw to decide the winner. Why? Yeah. Why anticlimactic. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm trying to control my language tonight, but who the fuck thought that was a good idea? 
That is the stupidest no. idea. Also, also, Royal Rumble is over the top rope elimination. This yeah. one you can uh, you can uh, eliminate your opponent by pinfall. I don't mind that. I actually don't mind if the Royal Rumble let you do a submission or pinfold. I, I think that would be kind of a little more exciting. That I didn't mind. It was the whole going down to the last four guys, and then you got to tune in the next night on a different program to watch who really won. So how did you really win this if you have to go to a regular match? You know? Well, but uh, if nobody wins it, though, it's just a setup, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, and this, okay, this is what painful, too. Uh, so as the last guy is coming to the ring, Toriano, there are four guys in the ring left, meaning the next person out, the match is over. So as Yano doesn't even get to the ring and they eliminate Gabriel Kidd, meaning before he even steps in the ring, he's won the, mel- the match now because now he gets to go the next night. So the guy that was coming to the ring, because I mean, I'm not that familiar yeah. with New Japan, but is he a heel? Uh, Toriano is the biggest comedy dude that they have in the company. He's, he's the guy, guy who, uh, he, he takes the turnbuckles off and chases you with them. Yeah. He uh, spits water in your face. He, he's just, okay. he's basically the comedy yeah, uh, okay. guy of the whole thing. Uh, who do you compare him to in WWE? Is there any comedy guys? R-Truth? Yeah, definitely. He's the R-Truth, R-Truth of, yeah. uh, of the thing. Yeah, good, yeah. good, 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 good call, Eddie. He's the R-Truth yeah, I, of New Japan. Just to me, the thought, like... The thought to that would be like, like if we were watching a North American, like a WWE Royal Rumble, or you know, say AEW did it, and they were following suit like this, I could see it where, you know, it, it's it's a, a slimy, dastardly heel is that fifth guy, or that whatever that that guy walking to the ring, and then he can be all you know cool and pompous and everything because yeah. hey, like I made the final four, I didn't even step in the ring. Like mm-hmm. I could, I could see where you could get away with that with the right person, right. but otherwise, to me, yeah, it doesn't seem like you said. Like you're not winning anything. Yeah, you're just delaying the match to something weirder. I think too, you made as you were saying that the only way in my head that that would really work is if it's a some special guest who you everyone's itching to see in the thing. He comes out, doesn't even get to go into the battle for the first night, but the, tomorrow night he's yeah. facing the other three. <laughs> Like yeah. John Moxley or someone you wouldn't expect to yeah. show up, you know? Yeah, and that would draw for the second night. Yeah, that, yeah, the setup of yeah. the second night, right? But uh, this isn't this wasn't really uh, this wasn't really what uh, yeah, I don't have to say. Uh, no, okay, what about so just just I'm just kind of yeah. kind of spitball thing on this, yeah. and I, and I know things of like this have been done before, but mm-hmm. how would you feel though if it was like it came down to the final four? And then at that point, it became like a like a like a, a regular match, fatal four, like a fatal four way. Yeah, I don't mind it that night, but to drag yeah. it off into a second night is just dumb. Yeah, well, it's and dumb. I'm not even I'm not even saying, you know, it's like oh, final four guys, we're gonna have some more matches, and these guys, four, these got these four go. I mean, it's just okay, we got the final four, now we go into the right into the fatal four way. Right. Yeah, that I think way, that would work. Yeah, yeah, depending, on, depending on the guys that were in the ring, it's like, you know, if they had, if you had got like, you know, say you had like one numbers one and seven and then 17 and 22, if it was like a 30 man guy. And then now all of a sudden you have this, you know, this other guy that's going to be in the fatal four way and he's the freshest guy. Mm-hmm. That to me would be a cooler dynamic and you know, you'd you have more of a story there because here's the freshest guy going in. Right, right. Um, some things to point out in that match, guys who looked kind of cool and good. Uh, props out to Chase Owens, who uh, actually held his own in the beginning, having to take on Suzuki, Ishii, 
And who's the third guy who came in? It was another big uh, bruiser. He he went up against uh-huh. all of the hard oh, hitters. And Maccabee. <laughs> so three oh. guys who beat the snot out of you. <laughs> Poor Chase Owens <laughs> in there trying to fight it. He almost made it. To, did he make it to the final? The Chase Owens, was he one of the fourth? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, right he was one yeah. of the fourth, yeah. He was the first guy in in, in one of the four endings. So uh, I've interviewed Chase Owens before. He's a, he's a fun guy. He's he's a pretty interesting, cool guy. So I'm, it's good to see him getting somewhere. Uh, I said earlier on the show to, uh, before the show to Elio that I was the only person who like I saw and went, oh, wow, it's good to see him. And he looks better was uh, Toa Hanari, who... Uh, you know, we've seen him last year, especially in the uh, the G1 last year, trying to to win the what, what did they call the stupid trophy last year? Remember, it was the third uh, or whatever. Do, do you remember they had him and that dude made uh, him and Finley made uh, some trophy that because they're the only guys doing the opening matches that oh, were the part third of the tournament. Blo- the C the block. third block, the C block yeah. winners. <laughs> and uh, you know, he looked okay there, but he looked really good in this thing. Uh, He's been gone for a little bit. He cosmetically, you know, changed up his style and look a little, and he looks solid. He looks like a guy who I think he's going to have a very good year in New Japan. Um, other than that, everybody was the same. Uh, shocking to see the devaluation of Minoru Suzuki, but the guy's 51 years old and he wrestles a super hardcore style. So they're probably going to ease him into the things. Having him eliminated by Hanari so quick in the match uh, was surprising, you know. Uh, same as Ishii was also eliminated quite early. Um, other than that, though, not too many guys stuck out. A lot of people running in and out. Uh, we hadn't seen Bad Luck Fale for a while, so it was okay to see him in there in the finals. Um, so, yeah, but like I say, all in all, not a great match. Um, nothing I was looking forward to, and I kind of feel like I wasted my time watching it. So uh, the opening match, uh, Al Phantasmal event against uh, here. Uh, Hiromu, Tagahashi. good match. If you like watching guys get their head bounced off the cement quite a bit, because those guys took so many freaking head bumps that it was like, okay, uh, do we not have a Japanese word for concussion? Apparently not, but uh, <laughs> good match. Hiromu moving on. Um, there's a few other matches, you know, the great Okan. I'm, I'm not getting him. Elio, do, no. do you getting this guy? I think no. I don't, you know, he just seems ridiculous. You know, the way he's got himself set up, the way he kind of wrestles is a throwback to a 60 style that I don't think is going to make it so much in this modern time. Um, and I guess, what is his character? He's supposed to be Mongolian or something now? I mean, he left as a China, as a Japanese wrestler and came back a Mongolian with a weird hairdo, Sorry, I guess. <laughs> um, the, the, uh, definitely. And I believe we talked about this, Andy, before you got on, but we have a, uh, a new... Uh, winner into the vault. Oh, okay. Someone to have for the new year. Not a winner. Sorry, I just realized. Did, did we even announce the winner last week? No, I, I, I thought I thought we announced. Yeah. Uh, okay, we'll talk about it before we go into the yeah. break. We'll just make, okay. mention that match. But for next year's match, our first two entrants into the vault come from day one and day two of uh, Wrestle Kingdom. In day one. The match, and you know what? You would think we would be saying Naito versus uh, Abushi with Abushi winning, but no, it was a good match, but I didn't find it. To be honest, you know, Andy, we talked about this and you said you found it exciting and you, you had a, a hard time getting into the next match that we talked about. I was the exact opposite. I loved o- Osprey and Okada. I thought that was a tremendous good build story. And then the Naito match was okay. 
he was good but i just kept thinking like when is this gonna end like this is so long match and when you feel like that that's not a good thing you know yeah um so we're gonna put in uh because i know uh elio really loved it too is uh, osprey versus okada yep. from wrestle kingdom night one Okay, so as I mentioned here, using uh, my my son's favorite move, which I've been teaching my five year old son to do, so I can hardly wait to the day that uh, his school phones me and tells me that he nailed out some kid with the Kamagoya. Abushi <laughs> nails, takes that knee and rams it into the face of uh, Naito to win the belt. I think uh, the only exciting, the very exciting part of this match for me, Andy, yep. was when Jay White came out. <laughs> flapping his jaws about he, he cut a pretty good uh promo yeah i'll give him that um the problem and i say this all the time is i like jay white but man he's he's starting to make me fall into the larry, larry zabishko dumb for me is he's become the king of stalling a lot yeah yeah and i can't take it at this level of wrestling i mean that was great in the 80s and stuff but <laughs> i just can't take it at different time yeah different time um so uh night two uh night two was wow it was long <laughs> yeah it, it was long uh the main event with jay white challenging the the, the newly reigning uh abushi that match not including and it, it must have had about at least six minutes of entrance time maybe seven or eight it took for a long time to get started it went 48 minutes <laughs> and can you imagine now 48 minutes of larry zabisco <laughs> No, I should take that back because I've seen five-minute matches that felt like 48 minutes with players. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, second night was a bit of a disappointment uh, for me. Uh, yeah, however, that, that, sorry, that, that last match was 48.05. Yeah, 48 minutes, five seconds. And that's just bell time. That's not talking about how long it took them to get in there. <laughs> then, of course, they had a whole big what? They drew out another five or ten minutes with uh, Sonata coming out and making the challenge. Um, I, one thing, I don't know how they're going to handle this, but uh, apparently, Andy, uh, Jay White claimed that he's quitting New Japan. Oh, because I was of, reading about that. Yes, but yes. then he was on the next night of New Year's Dash. <laughs> well, I, th I thought it was supposed to the way he was talking I thought it was like he said after New Year's Dash he was finished so it wasn't the, it wasn't sure if the reference was in with the end uh, to New Japan or to wrestling in general yeah it's it's that's one of the hard things too when we deal with a lot of um you know a lot of speed what do you call it uh translation mistranslations and stuff who yeah. knows exactly what he was saying so uh I guess we'll find out I know there was kind of a there was some kind of uh, in the New Year's dash the next day, and I'll get to that in a sec. But let's just say overall, New Japan this year. Oh, you did have a match, though. You enjoyed one match off that card a lot, and so did I. It was uh, Hiromu versus uh, Ishimori. Ishimori, uh, the Bone Soldier, uh, with Hiromu winning uh, the junior heavyweight title. Another great match, and let's include that into our into our vault this year. All right. All right. So, you know, I took a quick peek at, uh, I just got in the results for New Year's Dash. Um, the things coming out of it, definitely. Um, Shigo Takagi uh, will uh, face Tanahashi next for the Never Open Weight Belt. Interesting, Tanahashi is sort of at that point of his career where you don't expect him to win. So when he does win, it surprises you, but maybe it shouldn't because he was the ace of New Japan for so many years. But he's been carrying some nagging injuries for the last while. Um, 
Also, about a, a lot of misconfusion uh, in the match, the Bullet Club taking on Chaos, where Jay White taking the pin after uh, being reversed out of a Blade Runner and the whole of the Bullet Club looking extremely shocked and Jay White being extremely angry and embarrassed that uh, his compadres didn't bail him out of this pin. So this has been, we've been seeing this ongoing, especially evil uh, having clashes with uh, Jay White of who, who is the leader of the Bullet Club. You know, uh, since uh, Kenny Omega has left, no one has ever really claimed it except for Jay White and Evil. Both have been positioning themselves in this year as the leader of Bullet Club. And hmm, who it is, it's, we've been waiting for this. We talked about this during uh, the G1. We were hoping that Evil and Jay White were going to have a collision in the finals. Didn't happen. But now it seems like Jay White is definitely on the outs. Where does that put, uh, where does that put Gato? You know, he's, he's been riding the Jay White train for the last while. Uh, this will be some interesting stuff going forward. So uh, let's, we'll see what New Japan has. Like I said, not the greatest. Uh, I, it, to me, you know, it could have felt like we were just doing New Year's run or whatever yeah. other cards. Wrestle Kingdom this year was a bit flat. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's get into this. This one's, here's an easy one. We're going to do a spotlight. The spotlight uh, coming over from Wrestling POV is a wrestler who we all have known for a long time. And uh, and I'm going to get, see, I've been yabbering a lot, so I'm going to get Andy to, to open up and tell us, when you were spotlighting The Miz, how are you feeling about The Miz, his career, and, and where he sits in the pantheon of WWE? I am one for The Miz where it took, and, and you talk, and, and this is where, now, earlier, you talked about kind of that, you know, the, the stink that can get mm -hmm. on to somebody and whatever. Um, from when Miz first broke on, broke in, uh, fresh out of, what was it? Big New Brother, World. Big, whatever, yeah, whatever that, whatever he was part of. Yep. Um, you know, and at the time, uh, to me, I was still very, I was still, I'm, you know, I'm always kind of old school, but uh, I was like, yeah, no, like I was not sold on him at all. And he didn't belong and uh, nothing to impress me. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, over time, like his, his drive, his work ethic uh, for how far he has come. Uh, I, I think he's probably a, a solid, maybe quiet, uh, underrated example I'm not going to say a John Cena light, but uh, nowadays, you know, when, when you when you hear guys talk about uh, kind of like the the perfect WWE employee or whatever, how mm -hmm. it was Cena, you know, he was available for everything, and he was basically WWE 24/7. And over time, and I and I think Miz, there's times even before in interviews, Miz has even said that was like how he wanted to be. It's like you know, if they needed somebody, they could call on on him. Mm -hmm. Like he could always be there. And and I give him credit, like. You know, whatever the movies and the TV shows may, may not be great. He was still there. He still made them. Uh, the matches, uh, you know, he's to me, I, I've the, the few times he's been mm -hmm. a face, I'm not a fan. He, he, he's a perennial heel. He's a guy you, you love to hate. He's the guy you want to see get his butt kicked. You mm -hmm. want to see him get beat. You want to see him get his mouth shut up. Uh, yeah. So I, I think the spotlight's earned. I, you know, I, I'm not going to say he's up there necessarily with, with rock and Austin and, and whatnot, mm -hmm. but uh, I, I think for his overall body of work from where he started from 
to where he is, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think he deserves to be in that upper echelon. Okay. All right. What do you think, Elio? What would you uh, want to weigh in I, with uh, the Wiz? Yeah. <laughs> the Wiz. That I was a Freudian slip. Sorry. I was a big fan of Miss when he first showed up, but. Did um, you used to have the Miz underwear? <laughs> no, go on, go on. No, sorry. <laughs> no, that was the Wiz. That was the Wiz. <laughs> So uh, I was a big fan, like when he first showed up. Play, I I know he came from that reality show, The Real World. Um, I liked his uh, his face persona, but I think he. There were times where I was a fan, times where he got to be too much, where I started not liking him. But I think he works better as a heel. Okay. So I like heel work a lot better than than baby face. Um, but also. Sometimes that comedy spot, the comedy stuff can be a little over the top uh, after a while with him. Okay. Now, do you feel that he's a main eventer, like that he's one of the top echelon, or do you feel that he's sort of a mid card guy? No, I no, I think he's a uh, lower card guy. Well, how do no, you I, feel about him? I think I think he belongs up there. The upper echelon, you know, like he's been world champion, he's become world okay. champion, tag team champion. Yeah. Okay. All right, I'll I'll uh, tell you that Jake Hager and uh, uh, who was the big Mexican guy that used to throw his towel? He was also world champion. And <laughs> well, Alberto. Uh, I guess yeah. I guess what I'm getting at is, I think the Miz. Okay, yeah, I I couldn't stand the guy for a very long time, but he's been around and he's been solid and he's had really good matches. Um, my thing is this: the only thing I'm going to disagree with you guys is I don't think he's an upper echelon guy at all. I think he's a top mid card guy. And I think his antics and the things has has made it to the point where when it really comes down to it, I don't think any of us really want to see him as a champion again. He doesn't need to be champion. He's still entertaining. He still does his things. He still does his stuff. But it's not the same kind of like, oh, The Rock doesn't need a belt. It's not like that. It's just like he's a good top utility guy. But I think when I say the stink that was put on him in the beginning is what makes people now don't want to see him in the upper echelon. They don't want to see him as the champion, as even as a heel champion. Uh, he just, especially right now in the cosmetic look of the WWE, I mean, you've got Roman Reigns, this, this massive tribal warrior, and then you've got like uh, Drew uh, McIntyre, this massive, you know, it, it just, he doesn't seem to fit into those kind of things anymore. Um I want to tell you guys something funny. When people tell you something about somebody that you don't really notice and then you look at it, you never forget it, okay? And I remember the first time, and I've been watching Miz for years, and I've been married for about 13 years. And I remember probably about like, I don't know, maybe 12, 11 years ago, seeing a Miz match and my wife saying a comment to me that now I cannot stop looking at Miz the same way, right? And she doesn't know who Miz is. She just happened to walk in when I was watching. Miz takes his thing. You ever notice how Miz does that kind of goofy looking way when he takes, gets the guy to grab his hand, does the kind of bow thing for winning, right? Yeah. Uh, my wife said, hey, why is that guy, why is that guy bowing like a male gymnast? I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, watch any male gymnast. That's how they train you to do the bows in male, in gymna- like male gymnasts do that at the fin- finish yeah. of everything. And I'm like, what? And I, so I go and look it up and sure as shit, that goofy little stand thing he does and the way he sets it up, that's exactly what male gymnasts do 
for every time they finish a, a competition bow. So I'm sure he did that and took it as just a little thing to dig, yep. but yep. no one really picked up on it or pointed it out. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I can't look at him the same. <laughs> he does it. And now you're going to look the same. I can see Andy, you're like, oh shit, he's right. <laughs> so spotlight on the Miz, great career. There's not a lot of people are going to have a long, a longevity of career as, as he as he's had, and he's been in a lot of things. And I think he'll go down as when he's done his career. Even the people who didn't like him will say, "Yeah, he was a pretty solid guy." There's no way though he's in the the Mount Rushmore of any wrestling company or in any fans thing. That's but see, but and, yeah, and I agree. So just so it's clear, I'm not saying yeah. he should be when I say upper echelon, but I mean. To me, I guess it depends on how we're going to define. Yeah, I guess we probably have different definitions. Yeah. When you say upper echelon, I'm thinking guys like uh, Cena. I'm thinking yeah. guys like me. You may not like him or not, whatever, but uh, I guess Roman Reigns. Yeah. Or, you know, that's what I meant by the upper echelon. Yeah. And this might be and, different. Well, yeah. and, and see, I mean, when I, I prefaced it by saying I'm not putting him in the same level as Rock or Austin, I would, you know, throw Cena in there. Like those, I'm yeah. not, you know, like the, the I guess. I'm, top. Yeah. Top mid card. It's a lower. Oh, what's the best way? To, he's a top mid card guy. Yeah. See, and I would still, for me, I'd give him a little more. I, you know, I'd, I'd. It's one of those things where you you could be the top of the bottom, or you could be the bottom of the top. Mm-hmm. I'd, I, you know, I'd, I'd at least slide him into the bottom of the top. Yeah, I guess I look at it this way. I would see that I have no problem with him being the second last match of any card. Yeah. I just don't see him as the main event guy. Yeah, see, and, and that's fair. And uh, although, uh, and I guess it can still happen, but even now, like with, with the money in the bank, like mm-hmm. I'd still like, and maybe this is a poor thing. I would rather see Miz as the champ, have a short run as a champion mm-hmm. than to see Goldberg as champion. Oh God. Yes. You know, and that's, I, I, I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's too extreme, no. but I, I would still at this point, I would be okay if mm-hmm. Miz successfully cashes in the money in the, in the bank. Fair enough, fair enough. So. The, I, and I'm starting to feel the money in the bank is a gimmick that they should just get rid of. Yeah. It, it's, this year was a great example. They gave it to a guy that no one really wanted to see challenge for the belt and no one could believe could possibly challenge for the belt. Yeah. You know, and then they took it off him after the excitement of realizing, oh, we kind of aired here. <laughs> it was kind of more for the, the shock value and he was yeah. like the flavor of the moment. Yeah, and I think they, I think they honestly thought that it was going to change everyone's perception. When Otis won it, we were all going to go, Otis has got a chance, but we all basically went, Otis? Yeah. <laughs> what the I, fuck? <laughs> I still would have been happy for them to me, not to, not to say to save it, but mm-hmm. if, if it would have been the first time where it was like, hey, you know, like him and Tucker, I'm, we're cashing in and we're going to go for the tag team championships. Yeah, that would have been a really, really cool been twist. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so Spotlight, yeah, let's face it. There's a guy who's had a good career. We could probably spend lots of time. The more we talk about him, the more it seems like we should be saying better things about him. Yeah. Because he's done some amazing, fun stuff over the years. And he has. He's been in movies. He has a, he has a reality show with his wife that, uh, you know, garners great uh, numbers. So, um, but uh, like I said, um, when I talk, I always talk about the stink that sometimes that goes on to people. And when I say the stink, it's, it's not that I'm just jumping on a thing. Um, it's just that sometimes when somebody's shot, you can't unsee things and sometimes certain things will make you not see that person in the same light away and i think miz has gone through so many of these things where i can't believe i can believe that he's a terrible heel 
I can believe that he's a solid guy that I want to see wrestle, but there's no way in hell I believe he can be a champion unless he's a tag team champion or a very low 24 out. What is the 24 seven? Or if there was a European belt, you know, maybe intercontinental because that's been so devalued over the years that anyone can win that. But that's what I'm going to say about that. But before we go to the break guys, we realized over our award show last year, one of the things we forgot to tell you guys was who we picked for the match of the year. Mm -hmm. And despite us being such a heavy AEW uh, program, our match of the year this year went to a match that showed up on WWE NXT UK. And that was the tremendous battle of Walter defending against Ilya Dragunov. Oh, and, that uh, match was so great. Well, that match made me like sore watching it because but these this guys. Match, beat... I, I thought I had been in the ring with Walter. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you, tell, 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 uh, tell us a bit about that match, Ilya, why you liked it so much. Yeah, it was just like I wasn't expecting that kind of match, like a hard hitting match uh, with all the clotheslines and the power bombs and the hard hitting moves. And I didn't yeah. expect that kind of uh, match from NXT UK. Yeah, it, it was sort of a match that elevated, like we see this kind of stuff in New Japan, like brutality, or you see this sort of stuff, but it wasn't like that. It was where two guys took the regular wrestling moves and just assaulted each other with them without taking out the, the you know without going to the improbability of you know bouncing each other's head off 26 times off the cement or something ridiculous they basically clotheslined and chopped the living shit out I of mean, each when, other i mean when walter delivered the clothesline like you could hear it throughout the whole arena like you yeah. watch it on tv like you hear it echo yeah it, it was it was a tremendously fun unexpected match and maybe we should have expected that we've, we've seen walter as such a cool dominant champion and dragon off is a guy who's over the last year and a half has started to win me and ellie over a lot i mean when we first saw this guy we were like Look at this goofy skinny guy with the red contacts and uh but then he really just kept working harder and harder and harder and i don't know uh i will say though the only cutback we've ever said about Dragonoff is that dude has to learn to walk I, I think he wears it's nice that he wears suits but I think he might have forgot to take the coat hanger out of them because he kind of walks all the time like he's <laughs> <laughs> like his suit's too big for him but <laughs> that is our only thing when people dude, he's a guy you don't want to interview on the outside because he kind of talks like and walks like <laughs> But uh, great match, great match. So you know what, folks, we're going to take a quick break. Before we do, Elio, explain to all the people where they can write us and ask questions, whatever. Okay, so you can write to us on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram Wrestling POV One, and Twitter at Wrestling POV. Excellent. And I'm going to throw it away to Andy to talk about some of the exciting t-shirt designs that we have available. I thought I was going to have a chance to uh, go through the break, but I I guess not. All right. Well, wrestling POV fans, it's a new year. Yes, it is. And uh, with a new year means you need a new shirt. Maybe you need two new shirts. Maybe you need three new shirts. Maybe you need four new shirts. Maybe you need seven new shirts and you need to have a couple sets of doubles just so you can get through the week. If that's the case and you're looking for some fine quality wear, uh, may I suggest to you from ProWrestlingTees.com backslash WrestlingPOV, uh, one of four or maybe 
two of four or maybe three of four. Heck, why not start the year off with a big bang? Buy all four wrestling POV t-shirts. They are $19.95 each. You can get four for approximately $80. That's one heck of a deal if you're buying t-shirts. Um, they are available. Um, yes, $19.95. That is U.S. dollars. And uh, support your your favorite wrestling POV podcast, your favorite wrestling POV podcaster, uh, or support your favorite Elio, whichever one of those applies. Get your t-shirt today, prowrestlingtees.com backslash wrestling POV. Do it now. Well, fans, we're going to take a quick break. Plus, plus. We're going to take a quick break while I do uh, a four oh. Well, I do a full exorcist and try and get the spirit of Don West out of Andy Anderson. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. We got We're going to talk some AEW. Hi, this is Mr. Beefy Goodness, Vance Nevada, and you are listening to WPOV Global. Hey, fans, welcome back to the second half of the show. We are going to get in to our AEW Dynamite report for the week. We're going to talk about uh, the things that we thought are good or bad. Before we get started, though, I want to tell you that WPOV Global is part of a network of shows that we do on the WPOV Wrestling sites. Uh, you can hear our show every Friday. Global, we cover AEW stuff. The three of us go into, of course, if you're listening to this, you've heard the opening parts of we talked about different topics and stuff. But the whole big thing is our second half is all deep AEW. Okay. Then you can see dude we're talking balls now. Anyway, <laughs> then we cut over to uh WPOV Wrestling, hosted by Tony Diaz, Rick Serrano the third, and this traitorous cur of a dog, uh Lance Von Elio Eric. Okay, and you've seen this guy. He's, 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 he, yeah. I don't know what's going on. And uh, they talk everything going on in the WWE. Uh, that's on Saturdays. And then on Tuesdays, our regular show featuring me, Andy Anderson, and some miscreant running the soundboard. I can't even remember his name at the moment. Uh, that's our WPOV Quarantine show. And Quarantine is our uh, show that comes also with a video version of it that you can see on YouTube, where we bring on guest wrestlers, guest people behind the scenes at wrestling, and we talk about topics, and we go as deep as we can to talk about some really interesting stuff. And uh, we just want to take the chance to check out some of these shows. If you're wrestling fans, uh, you know, sometimes I look at the bare bones topic I come up with, and then I see the show that comes out of it, and we just have, I just enjoy it the chance that, that me and Andy get to talk to some people about some really, and sometimes even just us talking deep about topics without all the dumb bullshit. It, it's a really uh, a fun talk and a really fun show. And we also have WPOV Aftermath, which after big events, mostly in uh, WWE stuff, we all try and watch it. And whatever iteration of the, of the five of us, six of us that get together to talk about those shows we do. All right. So check out all the shows, but let's get into this week's uh, AEW Dynamite. I know might. All right. And this is a New Year smash. Day one. It sounded like a video game. Kill him. Finish him. Uh, finish okay. him. <laughs> so we start the match off with um, SCU and the Young Bucks versus the Hybrid True and the Acclaimed. Uh, first off, I want to say, even though they had to resort to, and I thought this was more fitting, though. I liked the little rap that the Acclaim did coming out and they actually sounded like, I think maybe the guy was super nervous last time we saw him or something, but they came off with a lot more panache. He actually came off like this dude probably is a rapper 
you know, on a sideline because he he really came up. And, and come on, comparing the young bucks to Marty Jannetty, pretty damn funny. Yeah. Well, didn't they also mention John Cena? They mentioned a few names. Yeah, they mentioned yeah. John Cena. Yep. Well, that's because last week, uh, Freddie, uh, Frankie Kazarian said that they were using a tire gimmick like John Cena in his rap. So this was the counter to that. And I thought it was brilliant. Pretty funny. It may have also helped that Snoop was there. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but uh, so this match, um, I know you're not the biggest Young Bucks fan, but I'm going to preference this. I'm going to try, like I said, this year I'm going to try and be a little more, uh, not forgiving, but a little more not so critical. And I got to say, when it comes to these big kind of matches, the Young Bucks always deliver a fun time in there. Yeah, their shit doesn't always make sense. And sometimes they can be a little bit overboard. But they tend to give a good showcase to the teams that they're up against. Um, coming out of this, I got to say, the Hybrid 2 really doesn't do a lot for me. Um, I, don't, I don't mind um, the South African guy. Um, and now let go. Yeah, Nelico. I don't mind him. I think he's got some interesting stuff. I think if he didn't have Jack Evans with him, he might come off as kind of boring. But as I'm looking at how small and skinny the two of them are, I'm like, which guy gets the hot tag here? <laughs> like, <laughs> neither of them look like a rallying guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I gotta say, I like the acclaimed. I liked how they wrestled tonight. Uh, I was I was impressed with them much more than the hybrid two. Uh, SCU, solid as always. And the Young Bucks, you know, they do all this crazy shit that, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But you know what? Who else does it? So it's kind of fun now and then to see the trapeze artists break out the nets and go to town, you know? Uh, at the end, I was, uh, I, I kind of liked the move, but it still made me go, oh, uh, watching uh, um, Daniels, Daniels do his uh, yeah. best best moonsault ever on, uh, well, the other Young Buck guy was setting up for the, Meltzer pile driver. Meltzer driver, yeah. So, uh, you guys got anything you want to add to this match? Elio, you go first if you want. I so I, I like this match. Um, I thought SCU looked a lot better in this uh, in this match. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, the acclaim. Like when we first saw the acclaim, I wasn't really sold on them and mm -hmm. the whole rapping stuff, but. Uh, this week, uh, actually, I didn't mind the rapping at the beginning when they came out. Mm -hmm. I thought that was good. I thought uh, they did r really well in in the match itself. So, okay. yeah. Uh, hybrid 2, like you said, TJM. No. No, it's okay. hybrid. They're definitely dark. SCU, <laughs> uh, Young Bucks, even though, mm -hmm. but, uh, and uh, the acclaimed. All right. Andy? All right, well, uh, you guys know, I mean, the way my evening went, I kind of came in pretty late. So, yeah. you know, I kind of edit or skim, skim for, for time. So uh, as soon as I saw the Young Bucks, I'm sorry, like, I just was... You skimmed uh, hard. I, I did. Although uh, I went, you know, because at least I, I wanted to stop towards the finish, kind of see the finish. So now, did one of them now, can we talk about the way with the Young Bucks yeah. style and how stuff goes? So did they, did actually was that actually a bit screwed up where he jumped up? He did the springboard and mm -hmm. then fell off and then jumped back on and then jumped back out. Mm -hmm. I was, was confused that? by that. If uh, he meant to do that and switch yes. directions. I believe, I, I know what you guys are talking about because my first thought was what's going on here. But then I realized it was to do the setup to combine SCU's move with the Young Bucks move. Oh. So that's why he he turned around and did the, the took himself out of the finisher to let uh, Daniels do it. 
I think that was the whole idea to give them this kind of camaraderie thing. Yeah. Um, what I didn't like about this match, I'm going to say this right now, is I don't like when teams do this. But SCU, who isn't a main event tag team anymore, I mean, they mostly are skimming around dark a lot, come out and talk, told about the proclamation that if they lose any match within the next match they lose will be their last match. They're only going to stay together till they lose the match. You know, uh, I don't like that because now that means they're going to win every match, right? Until a big setup of the thing. So that takes away some of the, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, I also, uh, this, and this will play into later and I can only say half of it now so we don't ruin it. But it seemed extremely stupid that uh, the gentleman's agreement of SCU shaking hands with the Young Bucks saying, we got your back, we're with you guys until we have to face you in the ring. And the Young Bucks being gentlemen after what happened in the main event. Okay. Yeah. Now throws that whole storyline out the window. So why they bothered with that, I don't know. Um, and I'm going to say something that might surprise you guys, but I want you guys to think this carefully about this. Even if you disagree with me now, give me a couple weeks on this one, okay? But after watching tonight's thing, um, I was in the corner with you guys that Top Flight was clearly the better team here. Uh, but that's because Top Flight is an extremely good wrestling team, but they don't have any personality. And these acclaimed guys really put on a show of personality. They came off as real characters in there. And I think that might carry them a little further right now than Top Flight. They're not as good as wrestlers as Top Flight. Top Flight has that whole brother dynamic, the feel, but they're so interchangeable. I, you guys could not tell me one guy from the other probably yeah. because they just don't have any personalities yet. Uh, the acclaimed have managed to, the one guy rapping, the other guy doing the stuff on the side, the way they wrestle, the way they act has already made them stand up in tag teams as a more known quantity. We'll see how this works, but uh, I, I would say that the acclaim might uh, get a lot higher of a run now than Top Flight. I, Top Flight definitely a team to watch in the future. I don't think they, I think acclaimed right now came out of the gates really charging with personalities to add to their stuff. And, and as a wise man, Jules Winfield once said, personality goes a long way. Very much true, very much true. Um, let's go over next to uh, Moxley. John Moxley coming out and doing his uh, his uh, interview. Uh, Elio, what did you think of this? I enjoyed this promo. Okay, really, why? Really, uh, just um, everything that he was saying, you can feel like the passion in this promo. Mm -hmm. Okay. Andy, did you catch the promo? I did. Uh, decent promo. Nothing blow me away, but uh, it, it was good. Nothing. See, I, I don't know. And, I, and again, like I'm not I won't say I'm not a Moxley guy, but uh, where so many people rave about him and the matches and the the, the mm -hmm. promos, I don't feel it. Don't I, to me, there's a bit of a disconnect. Okay. Um, but I, you know, I agree with you with like you know when things have improved with him over, you know, the past three months, six months, whatever. Um, but it was just it was, to me it was just simply more of a okay, I lost, I came back, you know, I could cry, but. I'm not going to cry, but I'm going to find you and, you know, this ain't finished yet. And that's what that was to me. So, okay. Uh, I think it was a good, uh, it was a good reason to show us uh, why Mox wouldn't get involved by being there. You know, he's back. Why isn't he going after Kenny Omega and ruining this thing? I think it was a good uh, face thing to come in there and say, I'm coming back, but you know what, Ray Phoenix, you earned your chance. I'm not going to screw you over. You know what? You know, I'll stay back there and you have your match. So I like that part of it. I liked it uh, that the last few of Moxley's uh, promos, he doesn't feel like he's the tough guy telling you he's the tough guy. 
you get the feeling of, oh, this is the dude, you know, he's out there and this is who I am and I'm going to do this. That's what I like. It doesn't blow away. It's yeah. just realistic. And, and I think I enjoy that. Um, next though, this, this, I find extremely the whole thing cringy as shit. Okay. <laughs> but we go to the back where we got uh, Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy talk and in comes mural wearing some goofy ass clothing as oh, usual. Ew. Yeah. Um, then uh, the weird, they're just so <laughs> uncomfortable, these guys together, you know, they're so uncomfortable with the way they set things up and talk and deal with each other. And uh, Chuck Taylor just agreeing to the ridiculous uh, thing, just so that he would walk away. Uh, it does a, it does a few dumb things here. First of all, it takes away the weight of what he's agreed to. Yeah. You know, because now fans probably don't have any idea really what he's agreed to here. <laughs> you know, um, being a young boy for somebody is a lot of work. And uh, and I don't know, Ch Chuck Taylor came off really weirder than usual this week to me. I don't know what it, if if the facial hair made him look skinnier and greasier. But so what, so what, if, if he wins, does that break up the best friends team? No. No, it's, this is basically old world championship. You yeah, should know okay. this, Lance. Yeah. This is old WCCW stuff where, um, you know, you agree to be someone's indentured slave for a while until yeah. an event. Be so he's going to be 30 days or which is yeah. what this would be. Cause I mean, it's when's the, the wedding, right? Like February. Oh, so I can't remember. I think yeah, I blanked February. Okay. So yeah. So basically he's going to be like washing, doing all the stuff that Miro was joking about. Yeah. You know, doing his laundry, blah, 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 blah. So of course this should, I don't know if, if Trent's out for six months, God, I hope Chuck Taylor isn't doing this crap for six months. Uh, but I have a hard time seeing Chuck Taylor being the one to emerge to take on uh, Miro. Okay. I really have a hard time with that. I could see uh, Trent doing this a lot more. Yeah, yeah. You know, but Chuck, man, Chucky is a, he's a tag team dude. He's not much of a singles guy, <laughs> you know? So uh, I, I felt this whole thing was just so awkward and horrible. I'm just going to say that. Okay. Awkward and horrible. I, I did not like the segment, uh, which is kind of a trend for some of the segments tonight. I thought were awful and terrible. Okay. Next, here's a match. I did not know if I was going to like this or not. Andy Wardlow versus Jake Hager. I, uh, let me just look at my notes here. Yep. Uh, I liked it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a solid, to me, it was like a solid old school kind of big man versus big man match. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, two, something, something JR would say kind of two big hosses going at it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, who knows where they're going storyline with this. I felt the right guy got the win though. Mm -hmm. Were you uh, surprised? I, I wasn't. Tell, I was surprised. I was so surprised at the at the finish. You like know, clean. I'll yeah. say yeah, yeah. No, like pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. Because um, I guess maybe because that's what I was hoping to see. Mm -hmm. Because to me, like Jake Hager doesn't need it right now, at least not within the context yeah. of this. Um, so yeah, no, it. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't like a big five star match, but mm -hmm. for for what it was, for what it needed to be, I thought Wardlow had a really good show. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought it was neat to see him trying to wrestle, like, actually like out wrestle mm -hmm. Jake Hager. I mean, and they you know they pointed out, I think Jericho or somebody pointed out, like you know you, you're not going to try and wrestle this guy because you know because of his background, but yeah. uh, he still was, and it still looked to me still credible when, while he was doing it, mm -hmm. and. Uh, if you know, I'm sure we could go back and use a fine tooth comb and get picky on a lot of stuff. The mm -hmm. only thing 
I, I thought maybe I would have, and it, it stood out to me right away, was um, right near the end, whatever, Ward, it was like Wardlow hit him with something, went for the pin, mm-hmm. and then Jake rolled him over, had the choke. Yeah. And then, he, you know, he held the choke until basically like broke off, and then he did the, okay, wait, I got two points of contention now that I think of it. Um, before he went into his finish, mm-hmm. you know, you, you have this legit badass giving you this choke, yeah. and to me, there was like no selling, no registering of it. It just, it just shook it off and went right into the finish. If you go back and yeah, um, so that just a small point there. Um, and maybe this is something on dark because I don't recall seeing this before. But mm-hmm. the whole idea of him having an F ten, yeah, <laughs> I I heard that. I'm like, no, you can't be serious. And then just to see what it was, and it's like, yeah. oh, like. No, 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 do better. Please do it, better. Did it not also seem that Wardlow lost control of that hold when he and it seemed like he really flung Jay Kager like way more than <laughs> he should have? So like he's like, oh shit. <laughs> Maybe, it, but, didn't, it didn't seem like it was the fin- that finish was more smooth. Yeah, it, it looked like he, he's overspun and lost control yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that would be my other thing is I'm, I, I wasn't a fan of that. But uh, good match. And then even the finish, kind of the respectful fist bump. Cool, cool. I, I I was happy with that. Yeah, I gotta say, when I first saw this match, uh, I thought to myself, "Too soon? Why the hell are these two guys going at it now?" This, you know. Um, but later on, the segment later, to me, this was actually brilliant booking here, mm-hmm. because I think this serves a purpose that we may we didn't actually probably guess was coming. And, and now that I've seen what the purpose serves, I'll explain my point when we get to that promo. But uh, the match itself, very good. Like I said, totally blown away by um, Wardlow taking a clean pin, okay? I expected some shenanigans from somebody or even a miscommunication of some kind costing him. But the clean old pin, I, for me, blew my mind until the promo later and then pieces started falling into my head of why they did this. But uh, good match. F10, stupid name to rip off. Uh, yeah. Brock Lesnar uh, I found that very ridiculous just like even you I was cringy like uh-huh. and I seriously looked like Wardlow like lost control of that and uh, I think maybe that was more <laughs> in my mind when Jake Hager was flipping out in the back <laughs> you know you know a 270 pound man doesn't expect to be like flung three times yeah. through the air and come down it's <laughs> I'm sure yeah. he didn't sign on for that uh, Elio anything you want to throw in on this one no, you guys uh, said it all. I had the same point, so I really enjoyed this match. I, I was surprised by that clean uh, pinfall. Okay. Next, we move on to something that, God, I hope there's a story here, but man, okay. We have a private party in the back. Of course, they have to do a gin and juice joke because Snoop's on the thing. Uh, boy, I if I was one of the two private party guys, as cool as it was to be in the same room with Snoop, I certainly would not want to be on television uh, when you look like a miniature man compared to this totally extremely skinny tall dude who made you look like a little midget. Snoop walks in and Snoop, who doesn't look like a big man, so then it makes you think, man, those guys are tiny. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, of course, you know, they do the gin and juice thing. Then Matt Hardy and I guess, I mean, are we supposed to be, you know, they bring up the chair. 
you know, why did we have to use the chair? Uh, they bring up this thing about contracts and the demands they had, and he shows yeah. them in the thing. He makes a point of telling them a good cut at the WWE, by the way, about how they can keep their uh, third party uh, platform, which in third party, you know, platform stuff. It's beneficial. Um, <laughs> but what was the point of us seeing this? It was That's the part. Segment. Was it just so we could see Matt Hardy and Private Party and not forget about them? I, I guess. But it didn't seem to let, unless now the storyline is Matt is an evil, evil dude and he's going to lord over these guys for a while because they signed a contract. I, I don't know. Yeah. But it just to me, it, and, and, and really Snoop, except for the joke that he has a song called Gin and Juice and brought them juice for their gin. He did absolutely nothing but stand there <laughs> oh and listen and then finally say, don't forget to invite me to the party and walks off. And I'm like, wow. They sure know how to. They sure know how to use celebrities. Yeah, and maximize the value. Yeah, like they did with uh, what's his name with Shaq. Yeah. <laughs> Get the most out of these guys. <laughs> oh Jesus. Um, okay, so um, then we go back to the ring. Brian Cage comes out. Um, what's what, what's uh, okay? So Brian Cage comes out with uh, his little gang of dudes. Um, Taz. What's, I was going to say low jack, but that's a, a hook. Starts, Sorry. Power Hobbs. Hobbs now, Max Powerhouse Power. Hobbs look like uh, the high school kid who's struggling in school to make the football team because of his grades. So he dresses like that. So he, can, he looked ridiculous. He can't win with you, hey? I, I want to like him, but they're just not a pro. They're just, there's got to be a better way to show this guy. I mean, Ricky Starks, man. You know, they, they show him like a star. Tonight. You know, Brian Cage finally had a feel instead of just the monkey in the back who goes, ho, ho, you know, makes his one line or whatever. He yeah. finally gets a chance to shine. Um, I thought it was even funny that Jericho had to point out how much he hated that idiot hook. <laughs> he even called him that, that stupid idiot hook. <laughs> um, things that came off on this, though, Hobbs looking just incredibly dumb. Uh, Darby comes out. Then Sting comes out, so these guys lose their mind because a 61-year-old man with a little baseball bat's coming out. They don't know where he's coming out of, so they all jump off into the corner and kind of wait for the brace themselves. Uh, he comes out, doesn't say a word after they're like, Sting is here! Sting did nothing but stare. And, and you have a feeling this is going to go on for a long time with him just yep. staring and pointing his bat. Um, the other thing that came out of here, too, is this is where I don't like Taz. Uh, when he's he's crying like it almost did you guys ever see like a movie called, did you ever see yeah. a movie called fright night yep. the 1982 version and there was a guy called evil ed in there he was this geek that was turned into a vampire and there was a part where they corner him and i always remember that he turns around he's in his little vampire face he's like he's gonna get you too Ew. that's exactly what Taz was sounding like while well, he was trying to be tough. Came more like a, we're gonna kick your ass. I, I, I actually have that in my notes. I'm like, is Taz crying? Is he crying in wrestling? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it all, yeah, it really almost sounded like maybe like uh, Darby Allen beat him up in the back, and then his guys found him, and then now he's crying. He's got his guys, and he's and come on. Uh, I didn't mind acclaim swearing a little bit in their raps because it was kind of funny, but. Taz just makes it sound like he just swears to get attention. And, a lot of AEW people seem to do yeah. that. And let's, uh, you know, we talked about this before the show went on, guys. Um, the swearing and then the buzz thing, the buzz is bullshit, okay? They're using the buzz 
to show you to highlight the swearing instead of covering up the swearing because the buzz never comes till after the swear and then they buzz it so you know they're highlighting it so you hear the swear bigger because of the buzz it's it's a dumb trick and it's very immature and it, i don't think it does anything for their product it's like you know what obviously that guy whoever whoever is in charge of that can't do their job He's the same guy who does the audio. <laughs> ah, you beat me to it. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. That's sorry. okay. Hey, you're the best setup man in the biz. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yikes. That's all I'm going to just say. Yikes. Um, and this week, oh, the Sting thing. Man, is this not getting tiring? Mm. Not only do we see Sting come out, but Tony Schiavone trying to replicate some kind of goofy ass. It's it just came off so weak this week it was like yeah you know shivani's just checked out now even he's like oh fucking bullshit i yeah. can't believe they're making me do this but uh uh okay well so, even sorry just, just yeah. to touch on this yes i mean you kind of even forgot the whole point of what the segment was about yeah but well that's because it was such it was a useless segment yeah we well, already the, know they've told us how many times they, that they did this with fight. yeah and just you know, it's like oh, it's like a hundred pound difference. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah. but ta- you know, you, you can say what you want about Taz, but he made a he made a valid point. He's like, yeah, the guy's got the jacket on, he's got the jeans on. Like, if you're gonna do a weigh in, at least yeah. make it look, try and make it look more legit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I mean, you know, when you've got a 270 pound guy versus a 170 pound guy, is like, it makes sense that you're, you know, well, we can't strip him down to just shorts because you're really gonna see how. He's 150 pounds. Yeah. So it just, uh, uh. yeah. I got to admit, that's why I skipped some of this stuff when it's so painful. Like this whole segment was kind of painful, right? There's nothing that came out of it that really made you go, oh, cool. Right. Or and, give me more. Yeah. And, 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 and explain to me why that a champion who defends his belt, like, I mean, Cody Rhodes defended that belt every fucking week, but he didn't have a weigh in every week before. So why the hell do we need a weigh-in? Like, it made no sense. It was a dumb reason to have a thing. And why on earth would you have a weigh-in with a guy who clearly is more than 100 pounds lighter than the guy who's already a small-looking guy? It only highlights just how small and unbalanced this whole thing is. I, there had to have been a better way to have a promo if you wanted for these guys. And I think the, the weigh-in was a poor way to do it. Yeah. So... Um, Oh, speaking about poor uh, things, uh, we come back and see uh, Elio's uh, namesake and uh, um, idol to be worshipped, Marco Stunt, uh, standing there with Jurassic Express. I, I was about to say, what? I don't remember seeing Lance Von Eric on the show. <laughs> uh, love you, Andy. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we have uh, Jurassic Express out there, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then I always wonder, why do they bother even letting Marco Stunt open and talk? Yes. We missed a segment. Which one? Hold on, hold on, hold on. And it's actually pretty important. Oh, no, you're right. I I missed the thing. Yes, okay. Let's go back. You're right. Let's go back to the MJF. Uh, He hears Hager throwing a fit backstage. Now, this is why I realize now why they had Wardlow beat him like this. Okay. This is what I think is the brilliance of this booking. This is MJF slowly weaseling his way into the guys away from Jericho. All right. He did it last week with uh, the week before when he went in yeah. with uh, telling Santana's the guy about his grandfather, Santana's mm-hmm. grandfather, yeah. um, to do the decent thing. You know, even Jake said, wow, you know what? I was going to hit you around or whatever, but you know what? You know, thanks for checking in on me, man. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that gives you a much more realistic reason why they're going to turn around and go, well, you know what? Chris Jericho didn't say anything about my dad. He was busy uh, doing commentary and busy yeah. doing this. No, he didn't come out and check. Yeah. Uh, so if this is the rate they're going, I think this makes it a much more brilliant, much more realistic, finally, when it all comes down. And we know it eventually will. Let's see how good they can build the turnaround for this. What do you guys think? Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it's possible. I mean, like I said, like to me, you know, and it always goes back to, well, you know, we need more story development. Well, this story's mm -hmm. taking too long and maybe there's still the stink on this one. So I'm, I'm not sure. I, I get it. And I'm, you know, I'm obviously following along. I just don't know if I'm that invested in it just because mm -hmm. of, of what's how long this has been going on. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, it, and it's not a knock on the length. It's just that if you're going to, you know, and I don't want to say drag it out. If you're going to make it a long-term storyline, to me, there's got to be more to it so that it's more emotionally interesting. I'm going to be more emotionally invested. Okay. So, Dr. Luther has joined us. <laughs> yeah, people actually get, get to see. <laughs> yeah, which is none of you because we don't put this one out on. Well, there you go. So, yeah. Luckily, you're all missing out. Um, yeah. So, oh, I, I got to tell you guys this. Do you guys, like, okay, uh, any UPVR, obviously, you're showing yes. and skim through and catch up. Do you keep any of these or do you just erase them right off no, the bat? No, I, I erase them. Okay. I, I got to say, guys, if you can somehow look back at last week uh, when Marco Stunt was in the ring and freaking out, because somebody pointed this out to me and I went back because I happened to forget to erase it and watch it. Uh, when, when Tully starts talking to him last week and he starts flipping out, you can see him turn on the full camera to Jungle Boy and say, hold me back, grab my arms. Before <laughs> he starts oh and Jungle Boy grabs him and holds him back. And I'm thinking, you guys only had a segment for two minutes. You couldn't have discussed this backstage and yeah. figured this shit out? Come on. Come on. But anyways, uh, we have uh, – also, I'm not sure – okay – I don't. I almost don't want to even talk about this just because I don't want people to get the wrong idea. But the, the whole thing before the interview, where minus one is undressing Marco stunt. I that was just a feel good moment to have to show a little bit of minus one. Okay. One. Okay. Let's just skip over it because yeah. in my mind it was not a good thing, just in the sense of undermining. Uh, you know. Anyways. Yeah. Um, they don't always do the best job of highlighting talent or mm -hmm. minimizing some of the shortcomings. No pun exactly. intended. Yes. <laughs> With Marco Stunt, there's a lot of them. Um, so we get this thing where Marco Stunt, for some reason, has now become the vocal. He's now, I don't get it okay. because, you know, yeah, because now FTR made a good point. They're like, what are you? You're not, you know, you're not, you're like the, at best, the mascot of the team, right? <laughs> and so he's out there shooting his mouth off. And he turns to all people. I mean, seriously, guys, let's face this. If you were five foot two, like Marco Stunt, would you really turn around to the six foot six dinosaur dude and say to him, you sit out next week. We'll all go with the under skinny uh, uh, jungle boy and we'll take on, you know, one of the hardest hitting teams on the roster. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't do that. I'm five two. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what to say to the logic of that. And, and of course, uh, here was like, this is a big chance for Jurassic Express. I mean, they get a pin over FTR in the rankings. And by the way, I forgot to throw this out. I don't know if you guys caught this. You probably didn't because you were skimming, Andy. But uh, 
In the first match, Excalibur makes this extremely stupid comment where he says, it's really important wins or losses in uh, AEW. And this, this is an important match. Well, yeah, you know what? Any team that wins actually doesn't get any movement in the rankings, but they get the momentum. What? What? what you idiot what do you mean they get the momentum what the hell is that supposed to be i don't the only thing i can think of is like you know you're starting to put over the rankings before you realize well this isn't a tag match this is an eight-man match so <laughs> once again showing i wish the rankings mean something but make them consistent because yeah. they don't mean anything if you don't keep investing in it yeah. you just can't tell us every four weeks to go don't forget andy is 27 and oh <laughs> Uh, at the same time, you run that risk of, okay, you know, Andy's fighting somebody. He's 27 and 0. He's taking on Elio. Elio is 3 and 95. <laughs> uh, so, why chance does Elio have? <laughs> like, None. <laughs> exactly. So, I don't know. They really got to find some kind of way to do this. I don't know. Just, just do it straight across, and then maybe this will make sense. Okay or at least it'll help our imagination fill in the blanks to make it make sense. But if you keep throwing shit at us constantly, we just don't even care anymore. These rankings mean nothing. It's just a waste of time. Um, okay, so guys, what did you think of, uh, uh, and also Tully slapping little Marco on the head. <laughs> uh, you wanna weigh in on this whole promo, uh, Andy? I, uh, you know what? I. I don't want to say I skimmed through it. I think I started to watch it, and then I, I don't know if I went for a bathroom break or if I went to grab a drink. <laughs> okay. So... Uh, Elio? <laughs> I, got, I, don't think, yeah, I, got, I don't think you said it at all. I mean, I just uh, I, I didn't understand the point of this uh, segment. Uh, well, you know, I thought that other than, came set, up... other than set up next week's yeah. match, which has apparently changed. <laughs> well, you know, like FTR came across as realistic and solid in this, and, you know, Jurassic Express just came across as two doofuses, especially Jungle Boy, who's probably the more te most talented guy on that whole team, just standing there looking mouth open, not knowing what to say. I, I think another ill-conceived idea. Uh, did get a kick out of Tully, though, tapping uh, Mark. Yeah, on the that head. would be funny. I'm sure I would have laughed. <laughs> uh, I I still wish, I, I'm sure if we look close enough, we'll see Marco saying, somebody hold me quick before he touches me. Uh, you know, just, or he'd be just calling the spot. Quick, Tully, pat my head. Yeah! Tully's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, then this match, wow. This is where this, this, this match to me just didn't feel like a match. Okay? Like, I don't know. It just, maybe it was so short. Maybe I expected more out of this. But, uh, it seemed like Cody's uh, entrance was a lot longer than the actual Matt Sedell fighting him. I, I know it's not true. And God, did we really need a terrible setup of Cody uh, getting involved with the most untalented, uncoordinated team in AEW, when he, the chaos factor? Ugh. Yeah, Ugh. I saw that. Luther has been exposed, okay? I'm sorry he's an Albertan. I should be nicer, but... He's a good wrestler in the sense of wrestling, but he is not a TV main event guy whatsoever. And this was just terrible. I I, I don't I, understand. You know what? I think they were just simply just because they were the fodder to use for Snoop to get his uh, get his win. Yeah. And by the way, Snoop, 
Oh my God, that was the most awkward a celebrity has ever come off the rope, climbed up the ropes. Yeah. The dude's taller than the ring and he struggled to climb up those ropes. Well, he's and the a most, singer, not an athlete. Yeah. And the saddest splash I've ever seen. You could just fallen, dude. You would have looked better. But no, he had to do this kind of thing where you knew no part of his body actually touched the mat. It was over the guy. Um, those are the moments. I'm sorry. It's cool that Snoop's in wrestling. Those are the moments, though, that make me cringe and not like, I hope my friends didn't see that because it just made that look really bad. Well, even to that, and I mean, uh, and I tried to watch most of it, and I think I kind of skipped the beginning, like, with with the intros and stuff. So maybe they said something, but it's like, explain to me why... Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, and sometimes we, we, you know, we knock on, it's like, okay, well, why is Arn Anderson there, you know, as a coach and da 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 But you're going to go from Arn Anderson, one of the best to ever set foot in the ring to be the coach. I mean, if someone's going to be a coach, it it should be Arn, like that, you know. Um, And then you're going to just going to give Snoop your playbook card or whatever Mm -hmm. and be like, okay, he's going to coach. And half the time, it almost felt to me like they were like, okay, Snoop, uh, we're going to send you a couple links to watch some of Cody's matches. Cody matches. You can tell I'm tired. Uh, some of Cody's matches. <laughs> and it's like, Sorry. That, that, that might be a new word. Matches. It is. We've got our next t-shirt. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Matches of the year. Uh, the many matches of, but it's like, here, watch some of these Cody matches mm-hmm. and see what Arn does and then do what Arn does. Because there's times where, like, you know, you see Snoop in the background and he's holding the card up over, like, you know, like Arn does when he's going to talk yeah. to Cody. Yeah. But he's standing by himself. <laughs> um, I'm sure that Tony Diaz is going to have a field day with this because they always point out, why does Cody have to get involved in every fucking big thing that happens? And, you know, the only reason Snoop is out there is because Cody wants to be seen next to Snoop Dogg. Well, and and they're on that show together, right? The go, the go. Yeah. The tribute to Paul White. Like mm-hmm. you didn't. You know what? WWE has stopped doing this sort of thing. They used to do this a long time ago. They'd always have some poor guy yeah, who's special, special jack guess about thing. Now they find better ways to show these guys yeah. on the show where you don't expose stuff. This was bad. It was bad. You know, it was nice. To, Snoop's a cool guy, but what he did there tonight was pretty poor in the ring and uh, it exposed a lot of stuff. I feel bad for Matt Seidel. He should have had uh, a little more of a showcase than he actually got. He got handed his ass pretty easily in this match. I have bad feeling. He's not going to, I think he's going to be a King of dark. <laughs> That's about as far as AOD. He's go. Yeah. So, um, and my God, please, please, please don't mean we're going to see Cody I don't need to see chaos factor on the main events. They could, are like on the main show. No, Please don't terrible. have them. Have I honestly, I, th- I, I think that was just that one for just for Snoop. Yeah. yeah. I, if, if that was the case, uh, just let me do it over Sidel. <laughs> I mean, Sidel's not going anywhere anyways, at least don't drag in the worst of the worst. Um, okay. Now guys, this is the one where I want to know what you guys felt about this. Um because I, I watched it with my wife and she was so disgusted just by like, it's distracting. Abaddon is so over the top, the shit she does that it's not even slightly cool and evil like watching a horror movie. It's more like sickening in, in my, it's just too much. I mean, she's trying to bite constantly. Uh, she's, 
Okay, so I'm, I'll get into it after you guys. Uh, Andy, Hikaru Shida defending the title against Abaddon. What are you seeing here? For what it was, mm-hmm. it was an okay match. Okay. My issue, and I'm trying to think back to previous conversations that we had about Abaddon. Mm-hmm. I still really like this gimmick just for the fact that it is so different. Uh, mm-hmm. Where it can, I can see that it can be so polarizing that you can really, really think it's cool. You're really into it. You like it versus like, ugh, like, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully not change the channel, but just like, like totally thrown off by it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember back if I've said this before about it, but, but to me, this kind of struck out and, and, and not so much. I mean, I, I can see the inexperience in Abaddon's work, mm-hmm. but it's not so much that it's just with the gimmick of, of how she is to me it, it's a less is more mm-hmm. you know she shouldn't you know she shouldn't be maybe she shouldn't be facing Sheeta like right out the get-go like mm-hmm. you're just kind of like throwing this person it goes back okay here we go it goes back to my you know my often thing often said thing about uh building some history and mm-hmm. telling a story and, and not that you know Abaddon came from somewhere else and it's like okay well you know you guys might know who she is but I don't and I'd like to see mm-hmm. a little bit of history to me, this is such a, a unique character, especially especially for the female division. She should be, and because of the biting, I'll use the pun here. She should be eating up competition on mm-hmm. her way to Sheeta. Mm-hmm. And you have the short matches. You can put over the the biting. You can put over the the sickness of the gimmick. Mm-hmm. You know to kind of accentuate that more than the work, mm-hmm. and presented that way i think mm-hmm. would, would have a longer term success otherwise it's just i mean it may, uh, who knows and, and you know this goes into why i'm not big on fantasy booking mm-hmm. maybe this is just a character you know like a a, a pun again intended monster heel coming into you know to feed Tashida. yeah but at the even even still she should still be beating up like a lot of these dark girls in like mm-hmm. two minute matches yeah, and just be devastating that way, and, and gross, grotesque, and doing that stuff, and then build up to Sheeta. Because right now, it, it, yeah. you know what you you hit the you hit the the nail on the head. Exactly what I said to my wife because she watched it. She was really disgusted. I was like, ugh, there's yeah. not much going on here. And then I said to her, you know what? This was a waste of potential here. Yeah. Um, in my mind, when I just think about this, they really should have had a whole string of people of Sheeta terror. Um, of Abaddon terrorizing people. Yep. And then you finally get the blow off match, yep. right? Where then, cause like Sheeta came out and like, she's ramming her head into the thing. She's like beating the snot out of Abaddon and then takes the clean pin with the knee. So in my mind, and just about every other wrestling uh, casual fan who saw this may have been grossed out by the Abaddon thing, but they're like, well, fuck Sheeta just beat her down. Yep. You know, like it's done. She's no longer, a danger to Sheeta. And uh, like they had a piss poor buildup. Sheeta going back and forth from being scared to like edit or, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I think that might have been, you know, like AEW, we talk about how they, they have a lot of hand, the talent and the things they do. And I think the problem is, you know, you're trying to book for someone whose English is not their first language. And she probably didn't get to put much of input into this. And as such, a lot of wasted potential here. Yeah. Wasted potential for this. And uh, Avanon, like I said, just a little. 
too over. Uh, it almost, once again, for me, is almost that X-Pac thing where I'm like, oh, turn the channel. I don't really want to see this crap. I love Sheeta, but uh, this, this, this character, maybe it can work, but now I feel like the character is exposed. Yep. It's, how is she a danger now? Sheeta took her out. Yep. And not even like Sheeta squeaked a victory here. Sheeta took her out. Yep. So I'm, where does that leave poor Abaddon now? <laughs> you know, she crawled yep. away from whatever grave she got out of to get in the ring for this. So not cool. And I did think it was ridiculous. They have to do this better. If she's going to do this gimmick where she's like biting you and stuff like that. If you look close enough, you're noticing that it's not blood. It's just her makeup. Everything. Oh, yeah. And I, I, red you know makeup in the faces where I'm okay with that. It's not like we need to have her. Well, uh, no, but we don't need the commentators to tell us she's bleeding when it's obviously that she's not. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> that, that's the part I don't like. Just tell yeah. them to shut up. Um, and I, my, my favorite part of this match was Chris Jericho trying to explain how the creepiness factor works. Well, Jim Ross going, what the fuck are you talking about? Because she kept saying, well, people are into this. And Jared's like, into what? <laughs> and he's like, this. And he's like, what? This. And he's like, I don't, what are you talking about? <laughs> JR was at his kind of curmudgingly today. He, yeah. he, didn't, he was not having a lot of he's everyone else's nonsense. <laughs> he was not having their nonsense tonight. <laughs> I will say, though, I, so, was in, I, um, I was enjoying Jericho overall. Like, I, I had a fun to me like Jericho was having a good night. He was having fun. Uh, my big thing yes. with him, and he did this several times. Is uh, you know what? And and even Snoop is a good example because uh, you know Jericho pulls the oh you know this is you know th th this guy did a great thing here, but I still hate that guy. And that almost seemed to be like his tagline for the yeah. night. And you can see, you know, when Snoop was yeah. done his thing, he's coming around, he's slapping hands with Excalibur and JR and Shivani, yeah. and Jericho's all smiles and whatever. And then as soon as the camera goes off, and he's like, yeah, whatever. It's like, I still hate that guy. I loved it. I thought that was great. <laughs> I do like him on commentary a lot. Yeah. I do. I do. He's pretty funny. Um, you know what? Uh, Akira Oshida, though, still probably the most talented girl in the thing. I'm very curious, though. Um, I've been giving her props the last couple of weeks. So I've seen some of her stuff. Now we get a good test. Okay. Taya Conti coming out challenging um, uh, Serena Deeb next yeah, week for yeah. the NWA title. Uh, this will expose now, or uh, we're going to see if Taya Conti can run with this thing. Um, I've told guys, uh, you know, I talked to like, you know, the, the WPOV guys and they always have their list of like the super pretty girls. And there's not a lot of pretty girls in AEW, you know. Um, I've learned to fall in love with Sheeta just from her work alone, you know. Uh, but Taya Conte and Anna Jay all of a sudden are these two extremely beautiful women coming out of nowhere. But I want to see if Taya Conte can wrestle. She's supposed to be a jiu-jitsu, yeah. uh, all these other all uh, disciplines. So, um, you know, I've been impressed with her last two weeks. This will be the test. We're going to be here next week talking if we think that she's just another going to be forgetful dot like Abaddon seems to be headed towards, or is she going to be someone who will stick around? Because if she can pull off a good match with Serena Deeb next week, there's the chance they could start building her and Sheeta down the road. Because look at the division now. With the poor way of uh, dispatching Abaddon, who does that really leave uh, for Sheeta to be working towards? And there's nobody i can't i can't see it so and if i'm forgetting somebody tell me guys <laughs> you know Britt baker's uh, wrapped up with thunder rosa and that's going to be going on for obviously a while um i guess i keep hoping what's her name will come back uh chris stratlander will come out of uh out of injury you know? injury list 
I thought that would have been great had she come out in this match somehow when Shida was going on or when uh, Abaddon was getting all crazy. That would have been a cool way to have her run back in and, yeah, you know, yeah. the alien versus the, the thingamajig, but didn't happen. All right. And uh, let's go now. Uh, let's go now to the main event. Okay. And it was sort of funny because I know Andy's had a long, rough day and he was telling me, and as he's headed home, you know, I was like, I'm a little tired. I can have to skim a few things. Uh, the first thing he said to me, though, is, you know, yeah, the main event, I, I kind of zoned out a little bit. And it, I was kind of glad to hear that in the sense because when I watched it, I was having a hard time getting into this match. I mean, there were some cool things going on, but there just was, for me, a bit of a spark missing. So even I was kind of like, mm, this has been a very solid card, but this match is sort of like, yep. you know, <laughs> and uh, then Elio chimed in and said, no, thank God guys. Cause I thought it was just me. <laughs> um, technically a good match. Uh, you know, we had, um, we had uh, Omega come out, have his ridiculous entrance mentioned finally he was from Winnipeg, which made Chris yep. Jericho all happy and talk about the best wrestlers in the world coming from Winnipeg. Is that true, Andy? <laughs> I, believe so. I, believe so. I thought you might have popped when you heard that too um interesting match uh you know what um there's some things i didn't get you know uh sometimes a little too much going on in these this match like some severely crazy stuff where it looked awesome but then the guys would just jump back up and go at it again and you're like oh so if you take a triple flip and land on your face that's okay you just bounce back and go that kind of cut it for me. Um, and it, I'm sorry, I love Kenny Omega, but tonight's match, he really seemed like he was going through the motions. Like it seemed like a cut and paste match for him. Like he really wasn't really into throwing the upper game in there. He was just sort of cruising to get through it. Uh, still don't understand why uh, Ray Phoenix was sitting in the corner crying before they were going to beat him up. Wasn't that because of they were showing yeah, they, they the, showed the video backstage. of uh... yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, but he seemed like he was crying already. That's the part of, that I saw. I was like, okay, because he was like, hey, let's... I don't know. Uh, I thought that was a kind of strange way to have those guys in the back getting beat up like that. Uh, does that mean that these guys now run with Don Callis? Or do we go back to the original thing that Butcher and Blade are hired guns? I think hired guns. Um, but then, the best part of the match. But wait... Oh, yeah, but wait, there's more. Um, <laughs> out come the Good Brothers. And uh, they they proceed to lay a beating on Ray Phoenix that seemed to last an awful lot. <laughs> like, I mean, an aw it, it made it to the point where I wondered if the young bucks were sitting around drinking coffee, talking and going, oh shit we're supposed to be out there <laughs> and the guys are just like phoenix is like can you guys quit beating me no you're taking he's already dead Please stop, stop. <laughs> he's already dead uh so the good brothers run in and then uh I, every low level wrestler around the ring only the low-level wrestlers, no security, no referees, just little peons who you see dancing around singing Judas, whatever, decide they're going to try and run in against these big monsters. No, no other wrestlers from the back, nobody to defend them, well, except John Moxley, I mean. But, I mean, other than that, nobody likes uh, Ray Phoenix at all, or John Moxley. <laughs> they, they're they're kind all of afraid of the good brothers and... They're just too big. <laughs> they even threw it. Nobody threw the table so badly. They didn't even tell us who it was. He was just like, 
something <laughs> mask guy, wasn't it? Generic blue mask number one went through the table. Like, okay. <laughs> uh, Andy, first of all, I mean, we've all been in the consensus that the match was okay. I mean, yeah, there was some fun stuff. But the actual um, whole story of this part, uh, the ending, what, what, how do you feel? And I guess we should also mention the Young Bucks came in and Elio said to me, and did you catch that too? He said to me, what happened? My PV, my, the match ended, like my yeah, feet so went oh, no, no, I got, I got mine. I got mine to the very end. Yeah, and there wasn't actually, they set it up to make it look like it was, yeah. are they going to do it or not? And then did it. Yeah, they pulled some old WCW crap. Tune in next week to find out if the Young Bucks are with them. You know, like, <laughs> they, uh, what did you think of this, man? I don't know. Like, I, I get the the coolness factor of okay, well, we've got now you kind of got this this kind of uh, you know we're getting the band back together. Yeah. And uh, we got so some of the top guys from Impact and some of the top guys from AEW. Uh, maybe this makes it a little bit easier for us in our ongoing saga of are the Young Bucks baby faces or heels? <laughs> Jesus, that story's um, still going on. <laughs> well, it yeah. seemed to be. Um, I mean, and you said earlier today, I mean, that kind of throws off the whole thing with FSCU. So like, but uh, I I don't know. I don't know if if it's to me, it's the case of, you know, it's the the peak time for this has kind of passed. Mm -hmm. It's cool. They're getting to do this. It's cool. They're getting to do it on American soil. Um, You know, a a lot of people are going to be excited for it. it. It will make things interesting mm-hmm. but in the grand scheme of things i don't know that it's gonna do a lot to move the dial i mean when you talk about you know at this point talking about like numbers for viewers yeah. and stuff i don't think it's going to increase a lot of viewership to either dynamite or to impact um i don't think it's going to be a thing where oh we're gonna you know all of a sudden we've got five percent new fans or ten percent new mm-hmm. fans i i just don't see that like I, I'm, I'm trying to think of it like it's like okay well is, would this sort of be like an NWO thing or an invasion like, yeah like an invasion thing but yet it's still like the and I'm so full of puns tonight uh, the impact of it mm, just something. I, I, oh, <laughs> I am uh, it just it doesn't seem as great to me yeah you know what the problem too I had with this whole segment was is the Young Bucks have so presented themselves out there as like these guys all the time. I mean, it actually, for a guy like me who's watched New Japan and, and ROH and all these things, it actually cl- took me a few seconds to click like, oh yeah, those guys were in the, the Bullet Club. When it should have been immediate. Like when when yeah. uh, when um, the Good Brothers came out and you saw Kenny Omega, most people went, oh yeah, like the Bullet Club, right? But then when I saw like the Young Bucks on there, honestly guys, it took me like at least 10 seconds to click in like, Oh, yeah, they were all together in Japan, right? Um, but it took that 10 seconds. If it took me, a guy who watches wrestling a ton, how do you think the casual fan took that? We'll see, but I, and I guess, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm casually not casual. Mm-hmm. But as soon as the Young Bucks came out, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, we're getting the band back together. Like, I saw it instantly. Okay, and, so maybe and, I was just only, tired. Yeah, <laughs> but what seemed to me, what seemed weird to me was – um who came out who came out uh who else came out after the young bucks oh you're thinking of uh pillman and uh what's his were, name were they, the, one, were they the one yeah they were the ones that grabbed uh kenny 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what? That was Griff Garrison. Yeah, Griff Garrison yeah. and Brian yeah. Pillman. Oh, yeah. He was, okay. And it was yeah. like, it was like, you know, because there was like one young buck super kick and then somebody else did the other super kick. It wasn't both the young bucks that did it. No, I think it but was, it was uh, one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And so to me, like, even that seemed weird. Yeah. Because it's like, well, now, I mean, you know, if, if, if you were creating any suspense, like any doubt, like, oh, like, what's going to happen here? Well, why would he just do that? Like, why would he, yeah. unbuck, you know, like that just to me seemed weird. Like, I, yeah. I don't know, too. Yeah. It had that uncomfortable feeling, too, like where Kenny thought they were, he, the, people were trying to kick him. And because they kicked the other guys, all of a sudden he's just like, oh, guys are back. And, uh, it's. I think it could have been done better. You're right. Smoother the layout of it, yeah. it. It wasn't very smooth. It wasn't very. Uh, it didn't have that impact. I mean, they were shooting for like a WCW feel, but WCW did that shit a lot better. Yeah. You know, maybe the story was stupid, but the way they laid it out looked great. Yeah. Here it was just came off as muddled and a little confusing. And uh, of course, they pulled the old Nitro trick of really kind of going dark before we could actually 100% get if the Young Bucks were throwing in or not. Okay, now this confuses me because like, what, I mean, from what I saw, Mm -hmm. there was like, I... I, Yeah, they put their fingers up. Yeah, they all went up, they all finished off, yeah. But they did it with the look on their faces of like, uh, not like they were so undecided, so... If they cut it off then, then we don't get to see the reaction of they walked out together or not. You can still pull the, okay, they went up there and went, no, this is bullshit. What are we doing? You know, and that's that's what I mean by that cut is you got them reluctantly doing the hand gesture, which can be interpreted as do they do because they're old friends or they back together. But, you know, um, Nick Jackson had this look of like, what the fuck are we doing? We don't belong in this shit. And, and, you know, so it, it was, that's what I meant. We, we meant okay. by that. They cut it off before they gave us that part. Yeah. Yeah. And they did it abruptly enough that we both thought I actually went to my wife and I'm like, Oh fuck my PVR went out, you know, like <laughs> I should have put it on more time. Right. But then I went online to check and nope, that's where it ended. So yeah. it was like, so they got the effect they wanted. If it made me and Elio go, Oh man, our, our things <laughs> get good, you know? Yeah. But uh, so who knows? Like, there's no way you can definitively come out with we know now which side the young bucks are on. Yeah. yeah. And if they don't join these guys, then it doesn't sacrifice the whole SCU thing. Yeah. So we'll give it that. Okay. But uh, my only thoughts coming out of this is like, man, if I'm impact, I got to be worried because in the end, if people kind of like the monsters and they're big guys, why would the good brothers bother going back to impact if they could be an AEW, you know, you're going to lose, you're throwing your best guys out there and you don't, yeah, you're going to get a rub, I guess, when some AEWs, but I don't see AEW really sending a lot of guys over to impact. Yeah. Like why would they? I think they have a pay-per-view coming up too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I do know. I do know that Kenny is going to be on there with the those yeah. guys. Yeah. The six man. Yeah. But I don't know what the extent of it is. And is it just me, but doesn't somebody just want one somebody to punch Don Callis in the face? Yes, please. He's got yeah. such a punchable face. Yeah, well, I don't know. And and you you do you know Don Callis personally? Uh, I've been on a few shows with him. I've encountered him, and mm-hmm. I just even from that, like, I guess there's been a sour taste in my mouth. But I've yeah. I've never, like, you know, really had. There's there's never, nothing to me. 
Yeah, you've never had a real beef with it, but he just comes across as slime to you, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and you know, and you say the kind of the carny thing, and yeah. it, it's not a, you know, not an not in an endearing way. Nope. Um, I just, you know, for his time with ECW, WWE, and everything, mm -hmm. I just, you know, different strokes for different folks, but he does zero for me. True. So let's uh, let's rate this week's show on our first uh, report card of the year. Uh, you know, I guess A would be anywhere from 80 to 100 uh, percent, B down to to uh, failure would be anything from 40% down, I guess. Uh, if you had to weigh in on this show, what kind of uh, report card are you going to give it, Elio? Okay, so um, there was some good stuff. Um, there there was a little point, like for me, was Abaddon. Uh, mm -hmm. um, I'm seeing it with a C. C? All right, fair enough. Andy? I'm going to go with a, and granted, I mean, I, you know, I skimmed a little mm -hmm. bit, but uh, because of that, and I'll give a little bit of benefit of the doubt, uh, mm -hmm. I'm going, I was going B minus. B minus. Yeah. Um, I'm going to agree with you. Uh, I was, it seemed like an unbalanced show in the fact that it went the wrong way. It started off super strong. The second match was pretty good. And then it started a slow descent, <laughs> which did not pick up at the main event. Uh, I'm going to give it a B minus. Uh, just because there was some really fun stuff in it. There wasn't too much atro atrocious stuff. I mean, there was some dumb backstage things and, and stuff like that. Um, the Trent thing was extremely stupid. Uh, not Trent. Yeah, not Trent. What's the guy's name? The other one? Chuck. Uh, Chuck. That the whole thing was just poorly done and dumb. But that's become a, hasn't that become a trademark of anything Mar Miro's been in lately? Unfortunately. You know, uh, and it seems wrong because he seems like the guy who shouldn't be in this kind of crap. Um, I thought the Abaddon thing was terrible. It was, it really exposed how little wrestling ability Abaddon actually has. She really did jack except take a bunch of beatings and maybe bite and, and throw people around. Um, so that to me was, and I felt bad for Sheeta. It's like she's worked so hard to, to be a good wrestler to have to carry somebody through this kind of junk. I felt that was a little bad. Um, I thought the main event technically, I mean, we sit, if we sit down and wrote all the things that happened in there, we should be going, holy shit, that was a great match. It just lacked a little passion. Not saying it was bad or horrible. It just was missing a little something to make me go, yes, night one was awesome. I can hardly wait to night two, you know? So yeah, I'm going to go with the, uh, with the B minus. All right. Uh, so folks, um, that is our look at this week's AEW Dynamite. Uh, next week we have uh, New Year's Smash 2, where I do believe Snoop Dogg is going to be a co-host. Is that what he is? Um, is he uh, commentary? commentary? Commentary, I think, yeah. Which is too bad. I'd rather have Jericho because Jericho's pretty fun. Yeah. But we'll see. People said that uh, Snoop Dogg did good on their whatever that boxing thing he did a little while ago was. So we'll see. We'll see. So, guys, thank you for tuning in this week. Andy, good to see you, brother. Yep, yep. Get, some get some rest. Yes. Uh, Lance, um, I'm watching you. I'm watching you. Anyways, have a good night, Elio. And uh, <laughs> fans, thank you for joining in. Elio, say good night to the good people. Right. Fans, we'll talk. talk to you all next week.